from 2 Corinthians, we're reading chapter 8, verses 1 to 15. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction, their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For, as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means, and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord, and by the will of God to us, so that we might urge Titus that, as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Now, as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in utmost eagerness, and in our love for you, so we want you to excel also in this generous undertaking. I do not say this as a command, but I am testing the genuineness of your love against the earnestness of others. For you know the generous act of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving my advice. It is appropriate for you, who began last year not only to do something, but even to desire to do something, now finish doing it, so that your eagerness may be matched by completing it according to your means. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. I do not mean that there should be relief for others and pressure on you, but it is a question of a fair balance between your present abundance and their need, so that their abundance may be for your need in order that there may be a fair balance. As it is written, the one who had much did not have too much, and the one who had little did not have too little. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, it's great to be here with you uh, and to be able to share God's word. Um, How about I pray? Father, we thank you, yeah, that we have the opportunity to gather uh, and to learn more about you. Uh, As we now look at this passage from 2 Corinthians, Father, maybe something that challenges us uh, to look inwardly and maybe what it is for us to be generous. So, Father, I just pray, yeah, pray that you're with us, with me, as I share and that I'm speaking your words yeah we just pray that in Jesus name amen I know that you guys have been working through this series in 2nd Corinthians and uh, you've been working through the first seven chapters and there's been a number of different themes Uh, weeks ago you would have spoken about the veil being lifted and the new covenant that is Jesus you probably looked at judgment reconciliation Uh, discipleship, living holy. Uh, And then last week, uh, Josh shared with you about repentance, growth, and what it is to have a changed life. Um, I know you also know that it sort of shifts now and it goes back to what he'd spoken about previously when chapters 8 and 9 go into this theme of generosity but around the collection for the Lord's people in Jerusalem. So the Jerusalem church was experiencing a severe 
famine, and so were struggling. And so Christians in other parts uh, were taking up collections to help provide for those in Jerusalem. And we know that when we, yeah, at the end of the first Corinthians, uh, there's that bit of a passage at the the start of chapter 16 where he says, you know, we're going to take up a collection and we want you to sow into that. Um, And then in Romans, it talks about how the Macedonian church were generous in that as well. Um, But coming back to this passage, that's pretty much where it is. It starts with the Macedonian church and saying how joyful they were and generous in their extreme poverty. And we don't know what that means. Really, we weren't there. We don't fully understand. But for me, if they're in extreme poverty, we'd probably say they probably didn't have a lot. But they were still able to contribute to others, uh, regardless of what they had or they didn't have. And in verse 2 there, it says, their abundant joy wasn't just begrudgingly giving, they were joyful uh, in that. Um, it challenges me when I read this. You know, how, how joyful am I in my giving? How uh, am I really giving what I should at times? And yeah, in verse 3 there, it says about how they gave according to their means, but even beyond their means. So they actually, you know, they really were obviously very generous. And for Paul to write that, that must have been the case. Uh, And then they were begging to have the privilege of sharing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It makes me think back. I heard this story quite a number of years ago from a friend of mine. It was about six years ago. And he was working with this young man from Cambodia, whose name was Riken. Six years ago, Riken was 22 years old. He lived in a place called Poi Pet in Cambodia, which is on the border of Thailand, and which is, they say is the human trafficking capital of Cambodia. Um, he, this 22-year-old was the primary leader in the local church, And he was looking after a lot of kids who had been displaced by this human trafficking, but also that many parents would leave and go to Thailand for work, but leave their kids behind. Um, The church was run by several teenagers and these young adults. Uh, Something we can't really fathom. Many people in that Poipet area were living on less than a dollar a day. And someone like Riken, because he was being supported, he was earning $200 a month, which made him quite wealthy in their context. But the thing that he did was that he basically gave his heart and soul and everything that he had to support all these young displaced kids. And at one point, he was actually offered a TV show and offered to give, be given lots of money to talk about his life and why he was doing what he'd do, to which he turned down because he said, that's not what God is calling me to do. A few, six years ago, he came to Australia to do some further study so that he could go back home and help run the local church. And when he was driving around Melbourne with my friend, 
You could imagine someone coming from one of the poorest places in Cambodia was pretty struck by the extravagance of Melbourne. And they got talking about lots of things and um, one of the things they talked about was how do Australians give. And now my friend gave an answer not about the church but about Australians more generally, how would we give. And he said, well, probably we look after our mortgage and our family and food we put money away to our retirement, we go on holidays, we do lots of individual pursuits, then maybe we give after that. And there was a bit of silence and Riken, whose English wasn't necessarily great, said, sorry, can you say that again? And my friend did. And after a while he just said, no, no, you give out of what you have. That really stuck with me and continues to do so. And I think partly that's what this passage is telling us. Are we giving out of what we have? Are we truly generous? And if we look at verse 5, they gave themselves first to the Lord. That is the key to the generosity of the Macedonian church because they weren't concerned for themselves when they sought the Lord and gave themselves fully to him. His spirit was encouraging them to be generous. And we're not probably just talking about financial, although I think in this instance it was. They were using what they had, whether that be the gifts they had, their resources and their money, for the benefit of others. And part of it for me, that comes out of, you know, we're reconciled to Christ. We are new creations. You would have talked about that just a few weeks ago. And so out of us being a new creation, this is, the, this is what we should be like. Or more like. This is a challenge. This is a challenge for me. As they gave themselves first to the Lord, am I doing that in the aspects of my life? Am I giving myself first to the Lord? Am I seeking him? Am I doing and prioritising the things that he wants me to in my life? And this... This is a gentle reminder for us to go there, to spend more time sitting with him, spending time in prayer, asking him, what is it that you want us to be focusing? What is it you want me to be doing for you? You know, are the priorities in my life lining up with what God wants me to prioritise in my life? Verse 6, he sort of references the previous letter about the collection and it's time for them to complete this and then he gives them a bit of a challenge around them to excel in their generosity and in verse 8 he then goes well I'm not saying this is a command (laughs) you know I'm not maybe just giving them a nudge you know but he says you know I'm not commanding you but, but how real is your faith how generous is your love I'm not commanding you, but 
if you really love Jesus and he has transformed your life, a bit like that painting, we have received true freedom from Jesus. Should that not change who we are and how we live the rest of our lives? Shouldn't that just automatically make us become a lot more generous? And again, we're not just, we are talking about money in this instance because they're saying we're taking up a collection, but in what areas of our life are we putting everything, every, other people first? Volunteering, serving others, are we, you know, using what we have for the benefit of others? Ultimately, so that they come to know Jesus. And verse 9 is the key. Why love or what love? Jesus made that ultimate sacrifice for us. The crown of thorns. He humbly came to earth, lived amongst men and women, and gave his life as a sacrifice so that we could spend eternity with his Father in heaven. The most generous act of all time and again that we are reconciled to Christ we are new creations and because we're empowered by his Holy Spirit should that not permeate out of us in verse 10 and 11 he gives them the advice you know you started this Shouldn't you finish it, you know? You, you actually started to take up the collection last year. You know, are you going to follow through? Is it, you know, or is it just words you're telling me last year, like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, be, we'll give you some money to take to Jerusalem. And then in verse 12, I think this is one of the other key passages, apart, sorry, verses after verse 5. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one doesn't have. The next verse gives us a little bit of a um, clarification, but we won't go there just yet. But it's saying no matter how much you have or don't have, what you have, if you are generous with what you have, that's what we're going to be, you know, to some degree, it's what we're going to be judged on. We're not judged on what we don't have, or I'm going to wait till I've got more money, or I'm going to wait till I've got a better paying job. Because in my experience of being a Christian for about 20 years, what I've seen is people who are generous when they have little are generous when they have much, and people who aren't generous when they have little are still not generous when they have much. We know the story of the widow who put the two copper coins in and everyone else was throwing in their money or that there was another you know, reference to one guy. But Jesus said, who was more generous? You know, she gave out of what she had. We know the story of the rich young ruler who, despite knowing that he kept all the laws of the Ten Commandments, what did he lack? He lacked generosity in being able to share his wealth with others. And the story I told before about a young man named Riken. In our by our standards, he had very little, but he gave his life to be very generous to others who were in much greater need than he. The next two verses just give us that bit of clarification. 
It's not that we would give so much that we make it so poor for ourselves, you know. I, I shouldn't give away all my money so that I can't pay my mortgage or put food on the table. You know, that's not what this is saying. But I think we need to understand that when we seek God first, he will help us to be much more generous than maybe we are. And again, not just with money, with our time, with our resources. Are we just doing things for ourselves or are we actually wanting more people to come to know him? And for me, this here, this, this talk in verse 13 and 14 about fair balance or equity, you know, like when you have much, then that's the time for you to really be generous to people who don't. And when they have much, that's their time to be generous to people who don't. Now, in Indigenous communities, one of the things, good or bad, when someone has money, their family come and see them. <laughs> but there's an obligation for them to share that. If, if they go hunting and someone shoots a buffalo, they literally share it with all their family. And when we're by family, I'm talking about brothers, sisters, cousins, grandparents, doesn't matter. They share out of their abundance. Now, it's not necessarily good when the uncle who they know is going to come and get some money and I'm obligated to give it to him and I know he's going to go and buy alcohol. That's not a good part of their culture. But the fact is that when they have abundance, they share. That's not something we do. <laughs> I might do that with my kids, but outside of that, I'm not really doing that much in our culture. So that's a challenge for me too. And then we look at verse 15 where this passage has come to a close and he references in Exodus where he says, you know, the ones who had too much or had much did not have too much and the ones who had little did not have too little. Talking about the manner in the desert and how when they went out and collected, everyone had enough. And that's what this story is partly about, the equity if I have lots, I should be generous so that those who aren't as well off as me are actually doing a bit better. And again, if I am not doing well, and there, there are times in our lives, like in our culture, when you are married with young kids and you're back to one salary potentially, it's pretty hard to be generous at times because, you know, you're struggling to pay bills and buy nappies and that. I've been there a long time ago now, but... You know, I'm, it's a very different space for me. I have adult kids and they don't sponge off me too much. A little bit. <laughs> the bank of mum and dad. But I can be a lot more generous now. And if I ask God, he can help me to do that. I can be a lot more generous with my time. I don't have to look after my kids now. Much. <laughs> but I can be generous. I can be more involved in things of the kingdom to see more people come to know him. So that's really the challenge in this. So as we conclude, do we have abundant joy in our giving? Again, not just money, giving of time, giving of resources, helping others, like the Macedonians or Riken, despite their poverty. Are we giving ourselves first to the Lord? Are we seeking him constantly? That's not something we do once. That's something we should be doing every day.
the genuous of our love in generosity. Does the love of Jesus and does his Holy Spirit permeate out of us? And are we doing that out of what one has? Again, it's what you have, we still have the ability to be generous with what we have. For those who truly understand God's grace by what he did for us on the cross, we will be generous. Because we know our lives are not our own. And whatever we have, money, possessions, or whatever, they're not ours anyway. If the Holy Spirit dwells in us and the love of Christ is in us, we should be generous. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this passage that challenges us to be like the Macedonians, to be people that despite what we have, we can still be generous for the benefit of others. We thank you that Jesus did die for us so that we can spend eternity with you. But Father, while we're here, we need to be people who, one, we want more people to come to know you. So we need to be generous in that in how we share, how we care for others, how we lead people to you. So, Father, I just pray you help each one of us to be generous with what we have. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.